Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chopper out to Dansby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions! Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast. Now you're all in big, big trouble. Let me talk to you. Hey, there we go. Don't look now, but the uh, the Pirates are going to the bottom of the ninth, tied with the Astros. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> if if the pirates walk off the Astros, I I need it. <laughs> Raise with, the Jolly Roger with O'Neill Cruz out. I need them to keep winning games. No kidding. And how about how about Baltimore, man? Just okay. No, we're not we're we're not getting into Baltimore without without being on the air. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fine. Fine. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood, Atlanta. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how's it going today? What? Shaking bacon. Oh, not too much. Not too much. We're we're getting back on track. We're getting we're getting the hang of things. We're we're on our new network now. So uh so sorry we missed you guys for the last week or two. Uh, but uh but but we're here to get caught up. You should have already heard an episode that was from last week, and uh, and and here we are for this week. Ready to Unless you listen to them out of order, and then in which case, things will sound really weird. <laughs> which uh, is probably par for the course now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, Cam, what's been up this week? Oh, you know, just same old living the dream, Alex. Um, <laughs> not a whole lot. When you have two kids, you, know, you don't have a lot of extra going on. It's pretty much uh, Easter stuff, baseball, 
work in the garden. Oh yeah, Easter. Didn't you have to get up at some ungodly hour on Easter Sunday? Yes, yes. Uh, Easter, I was up at four a.m. that morning to go help uh, help cook breakfast at my church for sunrise service. And and if I'm not mistaken, you were on the hook due to some hundred plus year old family tradition of cooking this breakfast. Okay, not that old, but yes, my family's been cooking <laughs> cooking Easter breakfast for our church since like the fifties, I believe. So. Yeah, it's way too close to a hundred years. <laughs> well, to be fair, my family's been going to the same church for over a hundred, oh, roughly one hundred and fifty years. So, wow, so there's that. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, going to the uh, same church for uh, over one hundred and fifty years—that's a pretty good streak. But speaking of streaks, ooh, segues. These Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> what what is this? The the. The, they're the best team money can't buy yeah so uh, so they've won 10 all right so it is tuesday night but, uh, april 11th and, and brian reynolds is still not an atlanta brave okay we're not doing that right now oh okay. um <laughs> and the the rays have won 10 in a row correct they, they've won 10 in a row yes against tonight and they are currently leading boston seven to one in the bottom of the eight so they are about to win their 11th game in a row to open up the season they are going to start out 11 and oh and guys i crunched the numbers that puts them on pace for 162 wins this season really wild stuff oh it's huge it's true um and you know and i, I see a lot of people making the point of like oh well they're not playing anybody but it's also like winning 11 games in a row is hard no matter who you're playing exactly and that was our whole point last year when we won 14 straight like it doesn't yeah. matter who you're playing you're winning the games yeah because you know the, the goal being of let's say taking two out of three of every series well that means you still lose one right in there and so when you put up 11 12 13 14 wins in a row you take out that factor of losing a game in a series despite winning the series right yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. I would not have, you know, and, and there's still a long way to go. I think I made the point, it was yesterday, I think, on Twitter, um, friend of the show, Doc Herbert, had said that, you know, we're, get it, we're, we're treating this baseball season after the Padres series kind of like football. Um, but and, and, I, and I replied to Doc, and I made the point that if this was the NFL at this point or at 10 games in, you are currently kicking off in week two. <laughs> that, that That's the point you're at. You, you are literally kicking off the second game of the season. Exactly. And that's what I, a lot of fan, fans have a hard time kind of compartmentalizing that. Right, right. And, and I, you know, and, and I get it. I get it, right? Like, it's easy, especially when you watch night in, night out. It is real easy to get caught up in you know, the spectacle of, oh, no, we've lost X games in a row. Not thinking about the fact that you've still got 152 of these bad boys to, to grind through. Like, it's going to be fine. It's fine. And, well, I, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but we're, we're talking about winning streaks and whatnot. And, and while we're talking about it, I pulled up the Rays' schedule to see, uh, to see what lies ahead of them as they <laughs> uh, kind of see how far this thing can go. So, they're they're smack in the middle of a four-game set with Boston. And like like we talked about, Boston is hot garbage. So uh would not be surprised to see them sweep that and extend their uh their their streak to 13. Uh, but then they visit Toronto. 
And, and I I have to imagine that they're going to drop one of those games to Toronto. Uh, after that, they've got Cincinnati and then the White Sox, and then they've got the Houston Astros. So um, I, I think if they can, if they can sweep the series in Toronto, then the sky is the limit. They're going to win 162 games. I don't care. <laughs> can you just, just imagine. <laughs> they just like, I mean, lose. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, like imagine if that's, you know, we're we're at eleven and zero now. We're about to be. Imagine if it breaches sixteen and zero. And you and you know what would happen, Cam? What's that? They would lose three games to none in the division series to a team that was barely over five hundred. Yeah, because that's just how <laughs> that that's, that's just how baseball, cool. baby. Oh well, I mean, you know, we I've brought up the point before of like think about the two thousand and one Mariners have set you know set the oh. regular season record for wins and then get uh, just the the worst banner in sports, I think yeah oh it's a bad one yeah it is it is oh cam well uh i i sorry i remembered something uh that i needed to ask you about uh because we we alluded to it in our our cold open and you know before we get into it i have to i think take a moment to explain to anybody who might be listening to us that isn't on twitter um what braves fans do every year so um basically as a method to to annoy the other team and the other team's fans uh when the braves win uh braves fans will go and spam the other team's post uh declaring the final score um so uh there was one year it was tiger woods and uh everyone would photoshop him in a braves hat and all this other stuff another year it became a moose um it's always something weird and it's very unique to braves twitter it seems uh which leads us leads us to this week cam if I'm not mistaken, your your daughter came home from school with a little toy, right? Yeah. So they had an they had an Easter egg hunt at her um at her preschool. And one of the eggs that she brought home, um, the pirates just walked it off, clear the deck, cannonball coming. Let's go. Raise the Jolly Roger. Raise it. <laughs> I, uh, I need the pirates to absolutely dominate just without O'Neill Cruz. I would love nothing more. And and good Lord, you got to be concerned if you're an Astros fan right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Astros or yeah, the Astros just gave up a three-run homer in the bottom of the night to Pittsburgh to lose. Yikes. Fun stuff. Anyway, yes. Uh so back to the story at hand. Daughter comes home with her Easter basket from school. Uh, we're going through her eggs and everything, looking at you know the candy that she got. And we open up one, and inside is this little miniature plastic feathered baby chick, right? Yeah. And it just it just it caught me off guard when I saw it, and I laughed. I, like I, you know, it was kind of one of those things that like it's so goofy looking. I laughed, and so like i do i took a picture of it and shared it to twitter explaining how i was just losing my mind over this baby chick that my and, daughter and had brought. it was hilarious this this little bird had the dumbest expression on its face so of course in true internet fashion uh me and everybody else took it and started making photoshop images with this little bird um and <laughs> and we gave it the name burb 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 um, b-i-r-b burb and and these things tend to catch on quickly when they do catch on and and within a matter of hours the braves were posting burb references um and the next day we actually got a picture uh of a 
of a kid in South Carolina playing baseball with a sticker of the burb on his batting helmet. This is less than 24 hours later. Yeah, so this thing just took off, you know, and it's just just it's a just a fun dumb little thing that I tweeted out that just, you know, took off and got a life of its own and it, you know, Burbamania was running wild on Friday. <laughs> And then we lose a couple of games in a row, and I wake up Easter morning with over 20 different mentions. You've you've essentially got death threats filling your (laughs) your notifications for for this burb. Essentially being blamed for the Braves losing streak because of burb. And it, it, like, you know, there were a lot of people that kind of had fun with it and were cracking jokes. There were some people who were very, very seriously blaming this for the Braves' losses. Yeah, like like the like the folks that, you know, made good memes out of losing because of Burb and like, you know, had videos of funny things happening to Burb. Uh, like, Padres correspondent Sam Neer <laughs> made yes. some made he, some brilliant he, ones. He had he had Burb getting destroyed by Randy Johnson fastball. Like stuff like that is funny. But, like, when I have people who I don't even know, who don't even follow me, literally in my mentions talking about, I'm blaming you for the Braves losing, it's like, all right, that's very weird behavior. That's... You should you should go, as a friend of the show, Meg said, go outside and touch one grass, please. One grass. Just one. <laughs> touch one grass. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, saying all that to say that Right now, you can go to teespring.com slash store slash chatting average podcast and buy some burb merch. That's right. <laughs> because it went it went in style and out of style before we could even record a damn episode. <laughs> yeah, crazy stuff. Uh we did we did sell a few, so thank you to those who jumped on the burb bandwagon. We, we and... appreciate you for, for purchasing burb merchandise, even though you may get shamed in public at this point for it. But, uh, but also Lost in the Shuffle, released on that very same night, was our uh, Air Acuna t-shirt, which is a very fun design that I'm very proud of. And you should go check that one out as well. Cam, Cam did really well with that one, you guys. It's uh, it's It's got the, the colors of the Venezuelan flag in it. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, see, uh, I noticed things like that, Cam. Yeah, see, I, I you know, there, there's a reason that my degree is in graphic design. I know when when and where to use certain things and where alex can these people these fine listeners uh purchase our merchandise once again that is teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast there it is and if there is a player that you want some kind of t-shirt modeled after just let us know because i'll probably do it if i got time Uh, right it really doesn't matter how obscure like it, it costs us nothing to put a new design up on Teespring. We'll throw just about anything up there. If we, we could be talking like low A ball utility guy, you want a T-shirt? We'll make it happen. That's right. That's right. <laughs> just working me like a donkey. Anyway, all right, Kim. Um, so so before we get into our, uh, you know, this week in baseball and our breakdown and all of that, um, I, I wanted to play a little game with you today. Oh boy. Yeah. So. So one of the more fun things about baseball, in my opinion, is how it kind of has its own lingo Uh, terms where, you know, taken out of the context of baseball make very little sense to to the normal person. Right. Um, So so 
I'll, I'll start with some easy examples of this, Cam. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the definition, and you've got to give me the baseball term that I'm talking about. Okay. okay. All right. Let's, so let's a, a couple easy ones to get started. A team's number one starting pitcher. Ace. Easy. Okay. A play in which the base runner hits the bag a split second before or after the ball arrives. Bang, bang. A bang, bang play. All right. A pitch that is high and inside. High and tight. We're going chin music on that one, brother. Chin music. Okay. All right. All right. Shawn Michaels, I hear you. All right. As in theater, when a player's performance causes such excitement from the audience that he returns from the dugout to tip his cap or wave. Uh, Tag on it. Okay. It's been a long day. Encore? No. No, that's not right. I really wish Curtain I had... call. There you go. Yes. <laughs> I wish I had video of everyone listening to that screaming curtain call in their car. <laughs> All right. Uh, when you've got two or three players on base. Ducks on the pond. Ducks on the pond. All right. Uh, how about when a, when a baseball player strikes out four times in a single game? Four times. That is a platinum sombrero. That is a golden sombrero. Golden sombrero. That's right. Okay. Platinum okay. sombrero. I don't think that ever actually existed, but Doc and Dylan decided that it was going to be a thing. Well, I mean, it, it's enough of a thing that when somebody did it, they always got tagged in the tweets about it. <laughs> True. All right. Um. Uh. Let's see. A um. Uh, a routine fly ball. Can of corn. All right. How about when a pitcher throws the ball over the edge of the plate? Uh, on the black yep all right now these last couple were were some that uh a few of them i i hadn't actually ever heard um and and were kind of interesting so this first one when a batter squares around to bunt only to pull the bat back and make a short downward swing Ooh, i honestly don't know he butcher boyed him butcher boyed him okay okay that's interesting I'm, i don't think i've heard that one. i hadn't heard that one either. all right uh how about a hit that takes a high bounce off of or near home plate allowing the runner to take first base a chopper the baltimore chop the baltimore chop okay what a, there has to be some history behind that so the baltimore chop as you may have guessed came from the orioles specifically the orioles of the late 19th century with runs hard to come by in the dead ball era the orioles hatched a plan they instructed their groundskeeper to pack the dirt in front of home plate legend has it he even put down a concrete slab so that speedsters like john mcgraw and willie keeler could leg out infield singles Huh, that is super interesting. The Baltimore Chop. Now you know. Now Here, you know. Here's maybe. a here's another unique one. Uh, it is a it's when a, a bloop falls between the infielder and outfielder. Like a dying quail or something like that. That's called a Texas leaguer. A Texas leaguer. Okay. Yes. Uh, the the Texas leaguer dates back to 1901 when a rookie named Ollie Pickering made his debut for the Cleveland Blues. Pickering had become a legend as a minor leaguer in the Texas League, and he was immediately placed atop Cleveland's lineup when he was called up. 
and even holds the honor of taking the first at-bat in the history of the American League. He proceeded to have one of the most fortunate starts to his career imaginable. His first seven plate appearances all resulted in bloop singles. His teammates, amazed and somewhat irritated, decided to name the play after him, and it's stuck ever since. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And this one, this one is my personal favorite. Cam, what do you call a soft line drive that lands in for a base hit? Blooper. Oh, no, that'd be a duck snort. A duck snort. <laughs> okay. That'd be a duck snort. <laughs> See, initially, the phrase was duck fart. Duck fart. And yeah. that was the widely used phrase. Uh, and it kind of makes sense because, you know, thanks to the feathers, the flatulence of a duck would be pretty soft and muffled. Right, much like right. a bloop single. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, uh, broadcasters were not allowed to say duck fart on television. So uh, uh, White Sox broadcaster Hawk Harrelson oh, came, up, came up with a compromise. And during a Carlton Fisk at bat in the 1980s, Hawk said he'd like to see him hit a little duck snort to right. That does sound like something Hawk Harrelson would have said. <laughs> So yeah, I thought that was some fun and uh, like gave, gave me an yeah. excuse to say both duck snort and duck fart. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to figure out a way to put some of those into one of my upcoming broadcasts. Yeah. All right. Well, Alex, I, 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 actually, before we go to the next time, Ooh. I do have something fun to say with you oh, or, or you... fun to tell you. Oh, what do you got? And keep this going starting next week. I do have a book that I recently got. Uh, my dad bought me an Atlanta Braves trivia book. So, okay. I may have to throw some questions your way next week. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> they can't. <laughs> if they're as easy as the ones in the MLB app, then I'm in good shape. But I have a feeling you're going to pick out ones that I am definitely not going to get. Oh, yeah. This is like a 90 page book. I mean, or ones gonna... that I absolutely should get, but for some reason won't remember. Oh, yeah, some of these go deep. It'll be fun, though. <laughs> so look forward to that. Hey, maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll start throwing out some of those on, on the Twitter machine. Yeah. And you guys can have fun with that. Have Trivia Tuesdays. There we go. Starting <laughs> next week, because it's already Tuesday. Right. All right, Kim. Well, uh, what do you say we get into some cool moments from uh, from this week in baseball history? Let's do it. Do we still have the lead? Last I saw it was 5-4. It is 6-4. 6-4, that's even better. 6-4, two outs, Jesse Chavez on the mound. Oh, it couldn't be better. Runner on first, but he's got an 0-2 count at the plate. And I fucking love Jesse Chavez. He's so good. He's he, so, just, he's, he just goes out and throws strikes. Like he's 90 years old, he goes out there and just throws 93-mile-an-hour strikes. Like, and it's so funny, like, to hear, because I, I, don't, I don't remember him, really, in his earlier career. Me like, it, but the way like I knew, I, I he was one of those guys I always knew of. Yeah, but like I couldn't tell you what kind of pitches he threw or. Well, they always they always talk about like when he first came into the league, he was like a real fireball thrower, like high nineties, approaching a hundred, that sort of thing, and like he's just the quintessential. Do, do you have like an uncle or anybody like older than you that you've played golf with? Yes. 
that you can tell back in the day they probably just cranked a golf ball but not but now they just have a nice easy swing that gets the job done just as well that they've learned through experience like that's what Jesse Chavez feels like to me right he, yeah he's like he's like I don't have to throw 100 Work I can smarter throw, not harder that's right I can throw 93 pump strikes and get outs you know <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm definitely sneaking this in between one of the uh, the static clips. There you go. <laughs> Love All a good right. Jesse conversation. All right, we are going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is April 10th through the 16th. Our first fact comes to us from April 10th, 2003. Astros outfielder Craig Biggio breaks Bobby Bonds' National League record when he hits his 31st career leadoff homer, a shot off of Cincinnati's Danny Graves in Houston's 4-2 victory at Minute Maid Park. Ricky Henderson holds the Major League mark homering 80 times as the first batter for his team. And just to bring it up, he broke the record of 31 in the National League, but the record in the National League still held by Craig Biggio is 53. Huh. And how many does Ronald have now? Uh, I think he's pushing 30. Yeah, so Ronald's over halfway there. Which is insane. <laughs> he should not have that many yet. Yeah. Uh, Ricky, yeah, and Ricky Henderson has 81, the all-time record. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah, anyway, just throwing that out there. But, yeah, who, who would have thought, like, if I had asked you – Okay, who has the National League leadoff home run record? Would Craig Biggio have been the one that you would have thought of? I, I wouldn't have thought of him, but I, it makes sense. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's a bad pick. No, uh, no, you know, the killer bees and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Th- those, those, those dang Astros broke my heart, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> they hurt me so bad. I, I think I'm, I'm what, so what glad that? we were able to get a World Series off of them. What was what was that? Oh three or oh four? It was oh four, right? When what happened? Uh, that art that divisional series against the Astros, where we sure. gave up the tank and lost the series. Uh, I'll say oh three. Okay, yeah, I feel like that was the first time I really remember like sports hurting me as a nine or 10 year old. Oh no. I all mine was, uh, it was, uh, so the year was 1994. Mm-hmm. North Carolina had just won the national championship the year before, and they were back in the tournament with arguably a better team in 94. Right. I would have been nine years old at the time. And, uh, I couldn't find the TV broadcast for whatever reason. So I was listening, uh, to, I believe the second round game between, uh, North Carolina and Boston college, uh, and Boston college ended up winning that game and absolutely ripped my little heart out. You broke my heart. <laughs> and that was, and that was the end of, uh, of Rashid Wallace and Jerry Stackhouse and, and, my my first kind of set of heroes right Ugh. okay let's move on to something happier uh our next fact <laughs> comes to us from april 12th 2003 we'll actually stick in the same year here 
Fenway's green monster, the left field wall in the major league's smallest ballpark, has a new look. In the place of a net that the team used to collect home run balls that cleared the wall, the fans now occupy the space, sitting 310 feet away and 40 feet above the field as they watch Red Sox right-hander Pedro Martinez give up 10 runs in four and a third inning in a 13-6 loss <laughs> to the Orioles. That went south for Red Sox fans real quick. Well, as this season is for them as well. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Goldberg. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Goldberg, and sorry, Carabas, if you're actually listening. Um, I didn't realize it was that recent that those seats were put in. I didn't either. I mean, like, 2003, I mean, we're still talking 20 years ago, but still. That Don't feel... do that to me. Okay. You son well, of a bitch. Okay, I was, I was alive, too. <laughs> Let's not act like, you know, I'm talking about something that was before I was You were in middle school. You might not have been in middle school. Don't even say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was in fourth grade. God damn it. <laughs> um, but no, but I mean, that feels, that still feels like very recent, um, you know, for a change of something like that for a historic ballpark. And I don't know, maybe it's just because we're so used to it at this yeah. point, you know? But yeah, yeah. 20 years ago this week, fans began sitting atop the monster. Huh. All right, our third fact comes to us from April 14th, 1953. In their, okay, so we talked about last week uh, the Braves moving to Milwaukee, uh, right? In, in 1953, the Braves made the grand move to Milwaukee out of Boston, yeah. uh, where they had been since the start of the franchise. Well, now here we are, April 14th, 1953, in their first ever game played in Milwaukee, the transplanted Braves beat the Cardinals at County Stadium 3 to 2. Thanks to Billy Bruton's walk-off home run off Jerry Staley in the tenth inning, the 27-year-old rookie center fielder will not hit another home run this season. <laughs> Always a feel-good story when you have a Cardinals loss in there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and thus was the start of a St. Louis Milwaukee rivalry. God, I hate Which the still Cardinals so much. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it traces back to that, but I hate them with every fiber of my being. Oh, you mean? Uh, you mean the Cardinals that currently have the worst record in the National League? Those Cardinals have a standard, sir. They have a standard. It's, what a week it's been. Yeah, it's been it's been a really weird week in the Central. All um, right, you got any more facts? I do. I have one final fact to lay on you. Coming for, coming to us from April 16th, 1963. So 10 years after County Stadium officially opens, we're back to County Stadium for the County Stadium home opener for 1963. Eddie Matthews hits his 400th career home run off of Philly's right-hander Jack Hamilton, propelling the Braves to their fifth consecutive win after starting the season with two losses. The Milwaukee third baseman's two-run shot puts him seventh on the all-time home run list, behind only Babe Ruth, Jimmy Fox, Ted Williams, Mel Ott, Lou Gehrig, and Stan Musial. And later, Eddie would have a great-great-grandson who would go on to co-host the Chatting Average podcast. <laughs> Ain't that something. <laughs> <laughs> but again, throwing it out there, just how underrated and how underappreciated Eddie Matthews was as a player. This dude was a baller, son. 
the the gold standard for third baseman the gold standard <laughs> all right that has been this week in baseball history do with that useless knowledge what you will all right guys we'll be right back to discuss a very eventful week for the atlanta braves and take a look at the week ahead all right guys well braves fans have had quite a season this week and it started with a series in st louis uh, coming off of a two-to-one series win in Washington, looking to continue the momentum through this St. Louis series, had Charlie Morton on the mound for the first game of the series and uh, and pitched fairly well. Charlie Morton-esque, uh, six innings, allowing three earned one- runs, two walks, uh, kept it manageable, and the Braves bats did what the Braves bats needed to do. Uh, we were lifted by a, an Austin Riley homer in the first inning and never gave up the lead after that. Ozzy Albies hit hit his first of the year in the second inning, uh, and there was no looking back as the Braves would eventually win eight to four. Yeah, really good game to uh, to open up the series against St. Louis. A good bounce back win um, after the game three loss to the Nationals. Speaking about that, Austin Riley homer, what an absolute tank! Monster four seventy three. Just a just a shot, and then actually yeah, awesome. actually now holds the record for longest home run ever hit by a visiting player at Bush Stadium. Right, just an absolute blast. Um, and then and talking about the Charlie Morton start, you know he kept you in the game. He you got you got just about six innings out of him, but it, boy, it was a laborious start. It was, and not not the most encouraging from a guy that you're really expecting to get a lot of innings out this out of this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, the Braves moved to to three and one with that first win against the Cardinals. Come back for the second game. We have Dylan Dodd making his major league debut on the mound, going up against Steven Matz for the Cardinals. Dylan was fantastic in his first outing. He went five full innings, allowing six hits, one earned run, no walks, and struck out three. Uh, I can't imagine what more you could possibly want to see out of a, out of a young starter making a, a spot start early in the season. Yes, I, I unfortunately I missed um, I missed most of his start. I was calling a game that night, but funny enough, uh, the the parent up in the booth with me that night that was running the scoreboard. He actually had the game up on his phone, sitting there watching it while I'm calling a game and while he's running the scoreboard uh, of said game. And so we'd go to commercial break, and I would lean over and I'd say, "How's Dodd doing?" And every time he would just kind of give me this silent nod of like, he's doing all right. Yep. He's, he's doing good. all right. Up <laughs> oh, a two run homer by the San Diego Padres. They now have a four to one lead in the top of the ninth over your New York Mets. All right. If you're going to beat the Braves, the least you can do is beat the Mets as well. Um, so this game was uh, was very much highlighted by Ronald Acuna. Went uh, went two for five on the day. Uh, had a couple of phenomenal outfield assists, getting O'Neill at home late in the game, uh, and also one on uh, on on, Willie, on uh, Wilson Contreras at second base. Uh, really good to see Ronald looking as healthy as he is. He's out there stealing bases. He got two in this game as well. Um, he uh he he had the fielding he's got the hitting he's got everything you want to see out of the guy and and after a rough 2022 campaign it's 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 nice yeah absolutely it is you know it feels like he's 
you know, we talked about it a lot last year that it felt like in a way he was almost kind of kind of having to hold back in a sense, or was maybe just not too sure how far he could push himself last year. And understandably so, coming off a traumatic injury like he was, you know, it's always going to be in the back of your mind, I suppose, especially that very first season back. But this year, man, it just feels like he has completely taken the leash off and he is just full on, you know, on both sides of, of the plate. It's it's tremendous to see. And and the power kept rolling in this game too. Uh, uh, yet again, Austin Riley homers in the first inning to put the Braves out in front and uh, put them out in front for good, no less. Orlando Arcia yet again proving more than deserving of the starting shortstop role for this team also homered in the second and uh sean murphy uh had his first rbi as a brave in this game so uh all around a good game another win four to one for the braves uh take the first two from the cardinals uh, and have the third game of the series coming back um so earlier when i made uh, when i when i referenced the cardinals having a standard that was in reference to something their manager, uh, Ollie Marmel, said about Tyler O'Neill on the game-deciding play where Ronald Acuna threw O'Neill out at home plate. Manager said something to the effect of uh, that he thought that O'Neill was, was not hustling around the bases and we hold ourselves to a higher standard here. Um, I, I really think Ronald just has an awesome arm. Like... O'Neill wasn't dogging it around the bases. I didn't see anything like that. No, no. And, you know, two, we're, we're talking about a guy that has had hamstring issues in the past and that the Cardinals have publicly told him, like, don't hurt yourself out there. But even still, he was giving good effort coming around third and heading home. I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but it seems like the Cardinals took all of uh, six games to find a uh, t- to find something to to stew about in their locker room, which I don't hate. Uh, I'd love to see them fall apart this early in the season. Uh, well, Mar- Marble just just I don't know. He just, he just seems like a crybaby. He really does. Like he he just seems like a complainer. How many times in this series did the cameras cut to him in the dugout, and he's just like barking at the umpire about something? Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, there there is the option of going and bringing back Tony LaRusso on the table. <laughs> you know what? The Cardinals you deserve imagine? the Cardinals deserve nothing more than to bring and, and, Tony LaRusso back. And you know what? Cardinals fans would eat it up. Like that was gonna be something good for their team. Oh, absolutely they would. All right, so we get to the Sunday game against the Cardinals, and Bryce Elder is making his first start of the season going up against Miles Michaelis. Elder really showed out in this one, went six innings, uh, allowing only two hits. He did walk three batters, but he struck out six. All of this on 79 pitches. Really encouraging outing from Bryce Elder, who, uh, who who's looking like he, he's going to be locking down a roster spot sooner rather than later or a rotation spot, I should say. 
Right. And, and, you know, he had a couple of rough outings in spring training. And then of course he, he was one of the, you know, one of the cuts of getting sent back down uh, before the roster was finalized, but man, and, and we'll talk about his second start, you know, coming up um, here in, in this segment as well, but just talk about a guy who has come back up and has been able to basically so far continue what he started last year. You know, he, he's just, he's a guy that's going to shove and, you know, if he cut down on walks, he'd be doing a lot better. But, man, you're talking about a guy that if you can get five good innings out of him every time to keep you within a game, that's that, that's perfect. That's all you're looking for. I, I mean, the second I saw Bryce Elder when he first got called up and, uh, and, and showed us that jawline of his, uh, I knew we were in good hands. Oh, for real. For it's, sure. For sure. It is, it is one of the mightiest jawlines I have ever seen in all my life. And now, now he's got the stubble coming back in. He's going to grow the beard back out. Oh, you don't want a piece of that. You just, you just don't. You know why he shaved the beard though? Why is that? Because his mama didn't like it. Oh, come on, mama. <laughs> mama, let the kids play. <laughs> this, this game would also be known as the Matt Olson game. Maddie Daddy Lord. went three for five. Uh, with a homer, two doubles, and three RBI, just absolutely having his way with the uh, with the Cardinals pitching staff. Uh, at the end of the day, Michaelis went six, allowing nine hits and five earned runs, which was more than enough for the Braves as they take this one five to two in a sweep of the Cardinals, putting them at five and one going into their opening homestand. A sweep is great. Uh, you know, you can't do any better than that. And I think, you know, a lot of us, we, we talked about it last week after the opening series against the Nats, win the series, take two out of three. The fact that you're able to sweep a three-game set against a team that, you know, odds on is still probably going to win the Central. That, that's, that's great. Can't ask for anything more than that. Got to feel good about it and got to feel good about coming back home and seeing the uh, seeing the home fans at Truist Park, especially with a with with a team like the San Diego Padres coming in. Uh, As we all know, they are their lineup is just a a murderer's row from from top to bottom. Uh, And this is really going to be a a series that that I think we look back on as sort of a, a barometer for where these Braves are at early in the season. So the first game of the series featured Blake Snell and Spencer Strider. And Spencer goes five innings, allowing three earned runs, walking three, striking out nine, as you would expect from Spencer Strider. Uh, Snell did not have quite so much luck. Austin Riley got the, uh, got the, got the scoring started in the first inning with a sacrifice fly, uh, followed by an Arcia homer in the third inning, putting the Braves up two to nothing. It would be back and forth for the remainder of the game, but the Braves would pull away in the eighth, finally taking it seven to six. Great opening game. Um, and and I think one that gave us real high expectations about how the rest of the series was going to go. Uh, this was the quintessential two powerhouses meeting kind of baseball game. And, you know, the Braves able to do just enough to, to pull out a win here. Yeah, I mean, an encouraging start to the series. I mean, you've got a four-game set with this powerhouse team. You took the first one. You have to feel really good going into the rest of the series. 
So the second game comes around and we've got Jared Schuster taking the hill for the Braves, making his second major league start going up against Nick Martinez for the Padres. Schuster goes four innings, allowing six hits, four earned runs, four walks and four strikeouts. Not a great outing for Schuster. He gets knocked out early as the Padres take a four to three lead in the fifth. Tonkin comes in to, uh, to relieve him, but allows another run. Unfortunately, the Braves would not be able to put it together late as the Padres win five to four. Well, you know, as, as unfortunate or as, uh, as rough as the, the start by Schuster was, I, I think the the takeaway from this game, at least for me was, was the offense and the fact that twice in this game, you had the bases loaded and you come away empty, you know? And I think if, if, Looking at it, and especially Eddie Rosario, Eddie Rosario is about three or four feet away from a grand slam in this game. Yep. Right. And, and you're, and so, you know, it's so funny how one base hit on a Friday night, how it changes, really, it changes the dynamic of this series and how it's going to be looked at based on what comes the next two games. Um, but in that, that's just how, that's just how baseball is, you know, it, it's such a fickle little game. Yep. So, so, I mean, you still feel good about this series. The Braves won the first game by one run. They lost the second game by one run. Uh, you know, no harm, no foul so far. So you get to the third game of the series and you're hopeful with Charlie Morton on the mound going up against Michael Walker. Unfortunately, the Braves made Michael Walker look like Cy Young in this game. Uh, Walker went six innings, allowing two hits, only walked one, and struck out ten. Charlie Morton, on the other hand, goes five mm-hmm. innings, allowing six hits, three runs, two earned, three walks, and six strikeouts. Um, and for those who may have been unaware, uh, Juan Soto is Charlie Morton's daddy. There are just no two ways about that. Uh, it, it is to the point where if Charlie Morton's on the hill and Juan Soto's at the plate, I, I want an intentional walk. Soto's like, what, six for seven now or something ridiculous? Six for seven with like five or six walks, three home runs, something crazy. Yeah, it hurts. It's, it hurts. It's, it's like out of, I don't know, 14 plate appearances, maybe one good result. Well, and, you know, and, and going back to, you know, how well we made Michael Walker <laughs> look, it, our offense just felt so flat Saturday yeah. night. I mean, we 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 scraped a run across the plate in the eighth inning when, when Matt Olson uh, scored Hilliard, but but that was it. That was the entire game worth of offense. And at, at times it, it just, it felt like we were swinging a wet newspaper out there. I, I don't know. It, it just, it was a very flat, lifeless uh, showing. It, it was. And it felt like it, hell, it felt like last April. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it all of a sudden, it felt like a slog. Yep. So. Yep. Well, ultimately you've got a chance to split the series against the Padres with the fourth game, Sunday night baseball at home. Crowd's full. Dylan Dodd's back on the mound. He had a great outing his first time out. Seth Lugo's on the hill for the Padres. The Braves have owned Seth Lugo for years. Everything's adding up to a Braves win, and so the Padres win 10-2. Seth Lugo goes six innings, allowing only five hits, walked four but struck out five. 
Dylan Dodd goes four and a third, allowing 10 hits, seven earned runs, only strikes out two and gives up two big flies. Tough outing for the youngster. Well, and it was one of those situations, I think, where by like the second inning, really, you knew this was going south. But you also knew that Dylan was just going to have to wear this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the bullpen had been taxed. I uh, hadn't gotten a day off yet this season. So uh, so you knew whoever was starting late in this series was was just going to have to deal with it. Um, and and. You know, good for good for the bullpen for what they've done. I wanted to to take a second and point out um, that that Jesse Chavez, um, he's five. He in in five and a third innings pitched. He has struck out five and allowed two hits, no earned runs, no walks. This guy is thirty nine years old, six one one seventy five. He is pr- quite possibly the least intimidating presence on a baseball field, um, and and he just he just gets it done. It's amazing. Yeah, he rules. I love Jesse Chavez. <laughs> always have, always will. We need a Jesse Chavez shirt. Ooh. Let me let me hop in the lab this week on that. Stay tuned, friends. Ma- thinking Mad Hatter themed. <laughs> Jeez. I'll come up with something good. All right. Well, we uh we did not like that Padres series. Uh leaves the Braves at six and four going into a series with the Cincinnati Reds. And it leaves the Braves without Michael Harris and Travis Darno. And it leaves the Braves without Michael Harris and Travis Darno. Travis Darno got trucked by Trent Grisham at home plate. Absolutely demolished. No, I thought, um, I, thought it was, I thought it was Odor. It was Odor. What does it matter? I only really care about Travis here. Um, Rude. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he he got his clock cleaned like like I haven't seen in quite a while. Um, yeah so he is he's on the concussion il and that is his fourth concussion i yeah see i didn't realize that yeah like it we're like we're to the point where we're starting to get worried yeah yeah we're 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 worried the 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 great thing though is we have sean murphy Mm -hmm. sean murphy is perfectly capable of playing every day and we have chadwick trump as a backup who's a really good backup lest we forget so and he's gonna make atlanta great again <laughs> god damn it kim <laughs> uh, but yeah so while while it's a bummer that that travis is on the il while it's a, a bummer that michael harris is on the il um this is why we we went out and and got this gigantic fleet of outfielders this is uh this is why we went out and got a great outfielder, even though we are sorry, a great catcher, even though we already had a couple of catchers. This is, this is the time all, I didn't think it would come so quickly, but this is the time where the Braves depth is going to save them. It is. And you know, not that you ever want to see injuries happen at all, but I feel like if, you know, injuries like this stacking up on top of each other are going to happen. Probably not the worst thing that is happening in April. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's get and, it out and of none, our And none now. of them, none of them appear to be long term either. Exactly, that's the most encouraging thing. We we haven't lost anybody to a major surgery or anything like that. All right, so for the first game of the Red Series, we had Graham Ashcraft, the young pitcher for the Reds, taking the mound up against Bryce Elder. Bryce gave us another excellent start. He went six and a third, allowing six hits, only walking one and striking out seven. No earned runs yet again for Bryce Elder. Graham Ashcraft also had an excellent outing. Uh, His final line shows three walks and two earned runs, but the Braves were having fits against this guy early and and didn't end up scoring on him until uh, until the the eighth inning. Or sorry, the seventh inning. I I was thoroughly impressed by this kid. Um, The Reds pitching is for real. And I I, I touched on it in uh, I'm so glad now that I mentioned Graham Ashcraft's name in the season preview show because he he went out right away and showed showed people what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in a way, I know I know the Reds had a 100 loss season last year, but at least it feels like they are they have a they have a destination, right? Like they, they have, have a sen- they have a sense of direction. Right. Anyway. They they have a a what I believe in two or three years will be a bona fide big three mm-hmm. uh, of three aces with with Ashcraft, Lodolo, and Green. They they're just going to be incredible as long as they stay healthy. Oh God, Hunter Green is so good. He's so good. Give me all of the Hunter Green versus Spencer Strider games, please. Oh boy. I mean, give me all those 75-minute baseball games. All right, so the, the Braves take the first game of the Red Series 5-4, to four, and, uh, and we are in the midst of the following game uh, as we speak, so we will be talking to you about that when we meet next. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about before, before we sign off, Cam. Cam, uh... The National League uh, uh, a couple of seasons ago got a new position. What position was that? It was the designated hitter. The designated hitter. And and what is the job of of one who is designated to hit? Uh, hit baseball. It's okay. See baseball, hit baseball. Okay, easy enough. All right, so explain to me why our primary designated hitter um, – is batting 071 after like 40 some odd plate appearances. I don't know. Maybe he's due. I don't know. I, <laughs> this is, this is the one thing I'm stuck on with this Braves team. Uh, I, I am, I am all in on, on the methodology on how they're doing everything on how they're building their roster. You cannot explain to me why a team this good has a player this bad occupying uh, a a spot in the lineup four or five games a week. It's crazy to me. Well, I'll, I'll say this too. Um, With Sam Hilliard breaking out the way he is here as of late, you can't help but feel like inevitably when Michael Harris returns to the roster, and takes back center field, Hilliard's got a good shot to be slotted in left field. Yeah, and honestly, at this point, I'd rather see Eli White get the ABs than Marcelo Zuna because at least Eli White showed us in uh, in, in Gwinnett and in spring training that he's got some pop in that bat. 
Uh, now, now I kind of want Eli White to um have like a a broken like a broken bat single or something like that, just so I can tweet, uh, Mister White is breaking bat. <laughs> I I'm hoping for that for you, Cam. Thank you. I appreciate that. And hopefully we'll be able to talk about that the next time we meet, uh, because that's going to do it for this episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Uh, As always, you can hear us right here on the Fans First Sports Network, uh, and we will be back next week with another brand new episode. So for Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see you all next week. Bye. has been the chatting average podcast be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast and please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash chatting average we'll see you next week for another brand new episode <laughs>